Hey, everybody. We're going to do a little 30-minute podcast. We're going to dense, uh, cut this in, cut this short because Jose has to work. You know, that whole thing that pays him. Uh, but quickly, before we start, I want to mention the Menlo House. Guys, if you hate shopping, if you hate going to the store, you don't know what's in style and all that good stuff, go to the Menlo House, put in promo code ESPN, and guess what you get? You get 50% off your first uh, subscription box. You get a pair of shoes and socks, and that is all for the first month, 30 bucks. Boom. MenloHouse.com. You go in there and put in that promo code ESPN. High-quality garments, high-quality clothing. Jose, you got the shirt. Oh, yeah, I got you the got, shirt. You got the tiger shirt the in tiger stock. and dragon shirt. I know. How about that? That shirt's sick. Jose's rocking it. We love them. They are great people. D, who uh, with the Menlo House, they are doing great stuff. You can follow him on, uh, on Instagram. They work with uh, all the big names, man. Matt Leinert supports the brand. You got Chris Paul has his own line with 5-4, which is a— um, the company that owns Menlo House and uh, I, my new jeans. I love my black, uh, my black jeans with the the stretch material in it. I got my new shoes from there. Got my shirts, of course. Great place. Every month they will send you two, three items. It's normally sixty bucks, but because you listen to us and put in promo code ESPN, thirty bucks for the first month, and they will throw in free shoes and socks. MenloHouse.com. Put in promo code ESPN. Indochino customized suits. Awesome. Picking mine up. And I actually went and got mine, but my pants were just a little too baggy. She's like, these are really slim already. I said, I need them tighter. All right. I need them even tighter. That adjustment was free. The first uh, measurement, the style appointment is free. You go in there. They will get your measurements, put it in on their website, and then you customize your suit. You can do it on site or you can do it online. Not a big deal. I'm talking about fully customized suits. For three fifty nine, you won't beat that price. Don't even try shopping around because I did it. I called places. I said, "How much? Are, how much is a customized suit?" Uh, good luck. Good luck. We're talking about thousands, right? Three fifty nine. It comes to your doorsteps in three weeks. If you need any future alterations, they do it for free. Customized customized suit, made to measure suit. Indochino.com. Put in promo code nine seven five, and you get fifty percent off that suit for only three fifty nine. Boom. Final price three fifty nine. That includes all the customization, no upcharges, nothing like that. The lining on the inside, monograms, pockets, how it looks, the buttons, everything is customized at Indochino.com. They also have customized. They actually have uh, chinos you can order now, and those come you know made to measure dress shirts, made to measure. Nothing is off the rack. There, everything is made for you. Indochino.com. All right, we're done with that. Awesome sponsors, love them. Perfume Time Houston, also shout out to them. Jose, you are back in the uh, unofficial official co-host of this bad boy. So a couple weeks ago, we went to the Childish Gambino oh. concert down at Toyota Center. The final hurrah! It ended up being his final show, also second to final. Did he? So Dallas, he, he, he broke his leg in Dallas. He, in Dallas, so yeah. he didn't uh, the encore. Dallas. They didn't do the encore, right? Because no. it was uh, this is America was. The final on the set list, and then the encore featured everything, and yeah. then of course Redbone. Uh, he broke his foot. He had to stop. But he didn't even do ACL. That's yeah. huge. That's what you know. Yeah, that was as physical of a concert that I've ever seen from a, an artist. Really? He didn't stop dancing for I'm two hours. Kanye is awesome because he moves around a lot. Gambino was literally dancing the entire. 
time. Yeah, that I'm trying to think of other shows that I've been to where someone's dancing like that. I can't I can't remember one. Ray Shermer killed it too. I don't know if you showed up in time to see them. Uh, oh I, my goodness. I caught the final song, I think. I I'm not into them. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not either, but yeah. they they absolutely they killed did it. it. They killed it, dude. Uh so we went to that. Uh we were gonna do a podcast the week after, but we just schedules don't match up now because Jose's, you know, working again and Jose's like, Well, your schedule kinda sucks too, man. Because when you get here, I'm, you know, or when you're leaving, I, that's when I might get here. So uh, we wanted to do an emergency podcast regarding that. And uh, man, it was a great show. It was, it was cool to see an entire career wrapped up in my in my lifetime, right? Like you don't yeah. normally get to see that. No, not at all. You don't. Uh, Especially it's like, Camp came out in 20, 2012, 20, mm-hmm. That's like. Eight years, not eight even years. eight years of, of, and then you go back to his mixtapes uh, before that, Colasac and uh, the what was the EP called? The one that's on iTunes now. Like, guy had like a ten year span, yeah, if even that. And it was it started as a side project. It started as a thing that oh, why are you rapping? Is he just being funny? Is he just you know just showing off now? Because at that point he was on Community. He was a writer for SNL, or excuse me, a writer for 30 Rock at that point. Um, just You're just like, okay, this is just him being stupid. This is just him being goofy. And then Camp comes out, and you're like, oh, my God, this is, like, this dude's legit. Yeah. This, this, isn't, this isn't just a joke. This isn't, uh, you know, it's some Hollywood guy just trying to mess around on and, and make some songs. You know, he's really passionate about it. And then you fast forward and he gets, you know, This Is America and Redbone changed it, obviously, in terms of mainstream success. Yeah. And it kind of... Well, I think that kind of started, he planted the seeds of that with uh, 3005. Yeah. To, to, that's, how, that's when I think he really started crossing over as a musician. Because that end, I think what also gave him a big boost was Atlanta. People seeing him in front of the camera again mm-hmm. kind of pushed him forward to the... To, to, the face and it's I think that's where I think that was a pivotal moment. Three thousand and five in Atlanta getting on TV. Three thousand five, did it ever chart? I don't know if it charted. I know I know I it was on the radio yeah. a lot. So but I think that's when the seeds were planted. But Redbone, Redbone is just absolutely Redbone. Apple using so there's two moments for Redbone. Redbone, which is off his um Awaken uh, My Awaken Love, my love yeah. uh album, if you haven't heard, it's a dope ass song. Uh it was in um, uh, the movie. God, why am I? Um, Get Out. It was in Get Out. Was the it? opening scene of Get Out featured that song. And then the other pivotal moment for that song's success was Apple. Apple used it in a commercial for their face emojis. Right. For emojis. What are they called? Face emojis yeah. or fasomijis? How do you Whatever say it? Bullshit uh, yeah. So that, it, they were used on that, that song. And it was everywhere. I mean, like every popular show had that commercial playing because it's Apple. Right. Um, and then This Is America just took it to the next level. The visuals of that of yeah. that song more than anything. The song's amazing. Having like Migos and, and Young Thug doing the ad-libs to that song is such mm-hmm. a flex. But it's the vi- I think it's the video that made that song what it is. Yeah, it was everywhere. So then the This Is America tours announced, um, you know, his last album, it was good. It was totally different than what we're used to. Right. I didn't like it as much. Really? Yeah. I, love it. I like I don't put it on. Like I put on his older stuff, but it was to hear it in person right. and like how soulful it is to him. Right. It, it made me appreciate the album a little bit more. How 
So how do you rank his his actual not the EPs like the albums in terms of in terms of how how they stand Let, with you? How let's you, go through it. We got Camp because the internet because the internet and, and Awaken uh, My Love. Awaken My Love. Camp to me is my favorite. Really, I love okay. Camp. Camp has let's uh, let's pull up the songs real quickly. Uh, we're going here. Are going to be completely different. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, you pull up um, because the internet, right? And I'll pull up Camp real quickly. Uh, some highlights from that song: All the Shine, obviously. Bonfire right. is awesome. Letter Home to me is that one of the best. Yeah. That that one, I'm like, oh, yo, this is deep. Uh, Heartbeat is great, and my favorite song, my favorite song is Les. I love Les. Lower East Side is my jam. Like that one when it comes on, I'm like, all right, let's go. So, uh, because the internet, his uh, sophomore album, 2013, has World Star. The worst guys with chance to rapper. Oh, damn, that's a good song. Telegram, uh, Telegram Ave, which is my my probably my favorite Childish Gambino song. The one that starts with Lloyd singing at yeah. the beginning. And, and uh, Oakland, that song. Three thousand and five, of course. Uh, and that's Earth. I mean, the oldest computer is a pretty yeah. That's I mean, a pretty dope song. Earth and Life's the Biggest Troll are great songs, but I think out of the out of the ones I mentioned are the ones that people more. Mm-hmm. Are more familiar with, but the second half of that album is so deep, and it's yeah. so like, I love that album too much. To me, that that's my favorite album uh, from him, and it, it has a lot. And this is what why I hold him to such high regards because Camp came out and when I was a junior and senior in high school, so I felt very like self, like very insecure, very like unsure about, about myself mm-hmm. at that time because obviously you're still a kid, you're still in high school, you're trying to figure yourself out. So I resonated with a lot of his messages in that album with him feeling like an outcast in his personal life because of his music, because he's black, because of everything. So then because the Internet comes out and it, it's a little bit of story of a heartbreak, I think. Yeah. And it's a little bit about falling in love and all of, all of those emotions that come with those emotions. And that's when I was in love with my first love. So it's kind of like a lot of those songs me and her used to listen to together. Mm-hmm. And now that we're not together anymore, I kind of look back on it nostalgically. But besides, that's besides the point. To me, that's to me that's my favorite album from uh, from Childish Gambino. Then I would say Awaken My Love, and then Camp. I love them all. Yeah, I think I think they're it's a great three album run. But that's just how I have them ranked. You know, it's hard as you get older and things change, and right. people in your life that you associated with certain songs, certain moments, certain music. It is so hard getting ownership back of that of that time and of that music. Dude, tell me about it. I it, couldn't. So as you know, I went through a pretty bad breakup a year ago now, and I I listened to Frank Ocean for the first time last month. No, wow. last, not last month, like two three weeks ago, because I knew if I listened to it, I would not be able to handle it. Yeah. Because the same thing, like she didn't like Frank Ocean. I got her into Frank Ocean. So we used to do stuff to Channel Orange. Uh. Then uh, Blonde came out, and that's a totally different story. But I couldn't, I couldn't listen to that yeah, music. Yeah. I knew what it would do to me. And it's like so much of that music is engraved in my relationship with her. And, and, and that's with every, every song yeah. and every album. Like, I think a lot of people, if not all people, engrave like, music with eras of their lives. And it's the same thing. Like when, when I lost my dad, I can't listen to those albums that I used to listen yeah. to when, when, uh, when it, I was in the hospital with them. I can't listen to uh, Tetsuo and Youth by Lupe. I can't listen to uh, Joey Badass's first album because that's what I was listening to. Yeah. And it's like, 
I don't I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad thing. I actually kind of like that we we encapsulate these memories in this music because I think that's what kind of makes us different. Because you can like an album, but you won't like it as much as me, and vice versa because of mm-hmm. the memories that we attach to them. Yeah, you know? that's the, the personal experience right. with a mass album. That's one of the coolest things that music does is, you know, you you listening to an album as you said is not going to be the same to me. Like Frank Ocean to me is just cool. Like, you know, when a song comes on, it's cool, whatever. There's really no emotions involved at all. But that album means so much to you. And, you know, like so much, it's hard to own it back again. And you might feel one way about an album that means so much to me. Right. And you're just like, oh, it's just, yeah, that's a good album. That's a good mixtape. Or certain moments and songs. Like, it's just, it's fascinating to me how that happens. And, how long it takes or how short it takes sometimes to right. get ownership back of those songs. Like it's hard to listen to albums from college for me without like getting somewhat depressed about, God, man, I miss college or I miss, right. I miss that feeling that, that freedom and all right. that good stuff. Right. Um, but then at the same time, I'll listen to certain albums and you know, like uh, it just reminds me like, man, that was when, my wife and I were just dating. Oh right. man, that was such a cool moment. And then you go home and you're like, "Do you remember that?" And just there's just so, like joy that comes yeah, with it all. Right. Like it doesn't have to be just sad, you know. Yeah. So no, yeah, uh, absolutely, you're absolutely yeah. right. And that's what that concert was for me. It was like, yeah. dude, I remember when you know you just doing uh you you doing a song with Adele where right. you just took that song and put your own verse well, on and, it. Uh, you know how I discovered him was that that cover he did of All of the Lights. Yeah. You remember that cover? I do. That's how I discovered him my junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. And and you're right, like that whole show was like an encapsulation of like all of those feelings, all of those songs. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it was too much for me. When he was done, I almost cried. Yeah. No, did you didn't you feel proud at the end? I felt I felt like I felt proud, but I also felt kind of empty. Yeah. Which was kind of like which was there's been a couple I go to a lot of concerts, which and there's been a couple where I felt that sensation of like the the uh, phenomenon known as post concert depression, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of funny, <laughs> but I certainly felt it after that show. Yeah, that and, show was phenomenal. And you know he's not lying when he said like he's done with Childish Gambino. Like he's done. Yeah, you know I, he might release a song, but I, I think, think as an artist, I think he's done. I think he's go- if he, when and if he releases music again, he'll just do it by his by Donald Glover. By Donald uh, Glover. By Gambino. That new I, song he was working on. I hope he releases that. I think it's I, called Soul. Uh, Soul crap. Fire The, the no. first song he performed? No, the one right before This Is America Oh yeah, yeah, he did two new songs I I mean, he has another album coming out I have no idea when it's coming Man, I want that but, song so badly And then the, the song he opened the show with Is also a, a new song I can't remember what it's called But that one was amazing as yeah, well I'll tell you that I'm going to get the set list up real quickly uh, Because that song Like I looked everywhere The only thing is You know YouTube clips YouTube clips of, of him performing it on the tour right uh, Here's the Houston Texas one I also You you ended up buying gear right You ended oh, yeah. up Man I showed up early I with some gear See I, n- I never buy concert gear I just Really But this one I, I wanted And like the, the shirts were awesome These yeah. are dope ass shirts But the line was so long Yeah and I was supposed to carpool With some of my cousins And they're like Oh we'll just show up during Ray Shermer's said, I was like, nah, I'm nah. trying to get some gear. I know it's going to be crazy. So I ended up not carpooling with them. And uh, I was one of the first ones at Toyota Center on the opposite side, not not in the front yeah. entrance. On the opposite side facing the garage, there wasn't that many people there. So I just hung out there like 30 minutes before the doors. Dang. And the best part about that is 
immediately to the left of those doors was where the big merch stand was. So I didn't. Oh, right away. I didn't have to wait. Uh, that song was called Spirit. Was the one. Uh, and I think right before This Is America. Atrium is the name of the first song. Uh, eight, the first one is called Algorithm. Algorithm. Yeah. Algorithm. Yeah, Algorithm. That song sounded dope. Yeah. Really cool concert. It was. Uh, it was fun to see it. It's also fun to compare notes for two different guys, two different right. generations, quote unquote. Even though we're you know we're not different generations, but right. you grew up in a different time. I grew up in a different time. Hell, uh, I, one artist that combined us. Yeah, you were in college. I was in college. Yeah, I, I was, I, no, post college. The first yeah. time I heard of Gambino was after college. Wow. So I was already working. Yeah. I was. Uh, it was two thousand eight, two thousand nine. When did he do that Adele song? The, I think that's like two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. The EP came out in two thousand eleven. So whenever his first, yeah. So right. two thousand ten was the first time. Yeah, I was already three years into my career. It was a. Uh, yeah, it's I know old, and I saw him. Uh, the first time I saw him was when he was playing like a four o'clock set at ACL. Really, on a on a side stage, and it was packed. It the, was nuts. The first time I saw him was uh, my second concert ever. Let me see. Do I have the picture when I met? I don't think I have it on my phone. But it was my second concert ever. It was him and Danny Brown. Here's a picture of me with Danny Brown after that show. Oh, dang. Danny Brown was like the coolest guy ever. He gave me a hug and everything. He was high out of his mind. And uh, I got him to sign my copy of Camp. I thought I had the picture on my phone, but I guess not. Uh, but I saw him then. I saw him the Deep Web tour that he did after Because of the Internet. That, that, that tour was amazing. Then I saw him at ACO right before Outcast. So that was also really cool. That was in 2013. 13. Yeah. Okay, so that's... So I saw him twice that year. So we were there at the same concert. Oh, right before Outcast? I think so. It was on that... Uh, was it on the side stage? It was in one... No, it was on one of the main stages. One of the main stages. Let me see. Right. 2013. That was the year Eminem was there too. No, then... No, no, no. I, I didn't go to Eminem oh, year. So I went... He, he came even before that, I think. Yeah. I think he did back-to-back years at ACL. I got to confirm that. I'm trying to find the picture of it, uh, of that show, because I remember taking a picture, and I was just like, man, this is crazy that like this side project for him has turned out this many people. So this is when I saw him at the Deep Web Tour, March 8th of 2014. Dang. Uh, I know I have a really cool picture of when I saw him at ACL, and here it is, October 3rd. October really 3rd. Cool I took. Okay, it definitely wasn't that, because he was shirtless in the one that I was watching. Man, I, I'm not going to find that picture. And I feel like crap because I love that picture. Anyways, uh, fast forward to that. We wanted to recap that. Uh, just kind of get two different sides of the same concert. Uh, really cool, really cool outing. Really cool moment for both of us. And uh, hopefully he does keep putting out some new music because that would be awesome. And uh, I'm trying to see if there's... Oh, any- he's got a lot of projects. He's yeah, dude, he's like... Atlanta. Yeah. He's got season three of Atlanta. Is he still going to be in the Star Wars franchise? Yeah, so there's no rumors of him not being in it. So then, uh, I know he's doing the live action Lion King. Uh, he's going to be Simba, right? Yeah, and then he still he should be part of Spider Man, Spider Man universe. That's, that's true. I forgot about that. Um, God, when was that concert? ACL. I would assume it's like 2012, right? The year yeah, before. 2012. There's 2012. Oh, everything blends together. 2012 Jose. or 2013. There's 2012. Now I gotta find. It's usually in August, right? Yeah, usually in August or no, in October. October, yeah. In in fact, it was this past weekend, and yeah. uh, 
Didn't go again. I still haven't gone back in a in a long time. I went last year and it was pretty pretty great. It's changed a lot. I've been I've only been twice. I went 2013 and last year in 2017. It's changed a lot. Yeah. Is it is it emptier now because of the two uh, the two weekends? Well, when I went last the first time, it was already two weekends. But uh, I wouldn't say it's emptier. I think it's a lot more organized, which is good. Really? Yeah. And oh, that's there's, good, a, there's it used more to be stages. A, yeah, it used to be a cluster, man. Man, where? Okay, no, I'm just wasting time looking for this picture, which I can't find right now, and you guys can't see it anyway. So I will move on <laughs> to the next thing. Anything else with Gambino? I think we covered all the all the uh, things from that. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so one uh, one other thing because we only have like. 10 more minutes together you have to you know do a job your show's work yeah your show gets going here uh so we'll spend five or five or six minutes on this the conor mcgregor ufc 229 post fight melee it's not even that big of a deal honestly the melee side khabib um what happened with that uh quick thoughts on it from a a viewer standpoint when i'm watching this like you know when you pay for a fight you want to be entertained i was entertained Derek lewis shout out to him that was a fucking great moment for houston's own Derek lewis who by the way got announced on ufc 230 which is in a couple weeks november 3rd yeah against daniel cormier so he is going to be fighting for the belt that's insane dude houston's own i mean that could that november 3rd you could see an astros championship already and don't jinx it Derek Lewis getting the belt. That'll be two championships for the city of Houston, and it is awesome. If you guys don't know who Derek Lewis is, he's the guy that did the post-fight interview with Joe Rogan and said, my balls was too hot. And Wasn't that <laughs> the second time he did that? That uh, taking his shorts off? or yeah. the? I don't, I don't know. I feel like I've seen someone else do it. I'm not sure. But sworn, him, yeah, like that was great. That is so him. That, uh, that's him, like, watching him, you know, come up the ranks right. from Legacy uh interviewing a few times knowing him just a little bit that's him man he's just a quiet dude who has a funny sense of humor he he's honest he doesn't bullshit it's just so cool to see him make it on the biggest stage and his instagram account went from i believe it was at 40,000 followers roughly to a, a 1.2 million now Jeez. he's at 1.2 million followers on instagram that's hilarious because of that fight and because a, of Joe Rogan just constantly bringing it up. He's the one that went uh, went around during Harvey right in his big-ass truck. Yep, yep. He was. He's so huge. Like, this isn't bullshit. He is yeah. so Houston. During Hurricane Harvey, he's actually picking up people in his pickup truck. So that is one of the cool things from that night. Uh, then you see Pettis and Ferguson go at it, which was a fucking— That is—that you want to see, see two guys just—you want to go, you know, hey, these are warriors— these are guys that left it all in the cage. Those are two guys. Go find that fight, Ferguson Pettis. And then, of course, the McGregor-Habib fight. Everyone's hyped up. Oh, my right. God, the moment. It led up to all this. For most part, it's always been Connor's, you know, everything in pre-fight is business, business, business. In fact, John um, John Amick, Amick, Anik, he said in an interview on Rosillo's podcast that going into the third round, Connor McGregor told Habib that it's all business, man. It's all business. Oh no! Nah. It's not business. When it's you're not. Talk, when it's you're not. talking shit about his religion and his family, that's it, not business, bro. That's not business. You're right. But that that was the rumor that like you know McGregor McGregor thought it was business. Right. You know that's he's what McGregor does. Bit, yeah. yeah. Like he's he. That's what he does. They, you you know why you're about to get the biggest paycheck of your life once everything clears up and you get your purse is because of his ability to sell a fight. Right. His, his that draw. Because when Habib is fighting, you know, let's just say Ferguson, 
If that fight will, I, I don't think it'll ever happen, it feels like. But if those two were fighting, you're, it's not doing three million no, pay-per-views. It might, crack, it might crack a million, who knows? It's not doing three million. Three million pay-per-views at $65 each. The UFC cleared $192, $192 million. Of course, there's cost affiliated, yeah. but $192 million. You know why? Because we all want to see Conor either fail or succeed. Yeah. Right? And, and that's because of the pre-fight buildup. Um, and then, of course, it all, you know, the fight happens. Right. I think most people knew that it was going to happen the way it did. Right. Conor's, you know, big playability, what happens, he can knock you out one punch. That's true. Conor did a day. He, he did a really good job in that third round. It was actually a pretty good round. It was. And then the fourth round happens. He gets, you know, he gets destroyed. It's over. <laughs> and then all hell broke loose. I thought it was awesome. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved so, it. Oh, you're ruining the the integrity of fighting. Shut the hell up. What did you What did you expect was going to happen? Like, shut yeah. the hell up. There's so much. There's so much bad blood, and and I I know that's like the easy buzzword to use, but there's so much issues between these two guys at this point. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah. Like, you want to see guys destroy destroy themselves, but only in the octagon. Like, how does how do where do we draw the line? Yeah. And that line is like when you're in the uh, octagon. And by the way, John Anik uh, is awesome. He's great. Uh, that was uh, called him John Amick and John Anik. Uh, but that's the thing about UFC, man. And MMA is when you're in that ring, there's a the, there's a level of respect. There's a competitive respect that you have with each other, right. and you do it, and boom, that's it. All that shit's aside. You just went through a war with another guy. That's why a lot of guys that fight end up becoming good friends. Is because you just right. went through something very traumatic together right like that somebody's beating you up you're beating them up it ends up being one of those things like you end up becoming friends because you went through that together um but yeah you're right like none of that business it's totally different cultures it's it is it really is it's bullshit right i didn't mind it at all i thought it was awesome it was more memorable i think something would have happened regardless if he didn't jump over the cage or not it would have gotten heated during the post-fight interviews with joe rogan dana has to give him the belt he has the belt. Connor's still in the ring at that point. Yeah. Khabib is going to do his deal. He's going to, you know, lay a promo. Then Connor gets to respond. It would have been, I, I think hell would have broken loose either way. There was no way around it. Something was going to happen. Then the corners are inside the ring together. Yeah. That, you don't think something was going to, like, something was going to happen. The fact that it happened that and you isolated it to two incidents. It could have been bad because the fans could have gotten hurt and all that. I believe like that's the scary part. Right. You know, one bad punch and you're screwed. But you, it would have been total mayhem in the cage. <laughs> Good luck breaking that up. Yeah. At least of the two incidents, right. like security guard stepped in, boom, right. boom, boom. The the guys jumping over the ring and punching Connor that was bullshit. Is like that's the 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 weakest thing ever. Yeah, cheap yeah. punching or cheap shot. There's no place for that. But then Connor, you find out Connor did throw a punch first uh, at the other dude. So it was awesome. It was wild. And then the the thing that I hated was Joe Rogan said, he goes on the broadcast, you know, this is going to ignite Vegas now. You've got Irish fans and Russian fans. And now yeah, they're gonna, there's going to be a huge Rogan. fight. There's going to be a fight either way. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Drunk fans from two different uh, Ru- drunk Russian fan. Freaking drunk Texas Russian and fans. fans fight. Yeah. For nothing. No one cares about the Texas and... In, in Dallas rivalry, who gives a yeah. shit? Yeah, like it's going to happen. Fight. Yeah, it happened. But what happened was because Joe said it, and I love Joe, but because he said it, people had to Snapchat. They're trying to find videos to back it right. up as evidence. There's only two fights. Like there's two like major fights that everyone keeps recirculating going, Vegas is crazy. No, you everyone's sharing the same fight. And like the whole 
The whole this was the worst thing to ever happen MMA narrative is such bullshit. No, it was the, the best, best thing. best thing that's ever happened. Who's not going to order the fight now? I, I, I don't think... The, it goes back to, again, are there people that are going to avoid MMA because of this? Sure. There'll, there'll be a handful of people. Those there might people be hundred. are probably already avoiding it, though, yeah. aren't they? Or if somebody tuned in and goes, man, I want to watch this. This is going to be a good fight. Wow, I can't believe these guys are savages. Let's go Let's go a thousand people, okay? Right. Oh, you know what the UFC, like a thousand people, it's all good. You know what a thousand people means on three million buys? And then the next fight, it's going to clear four million maybe because it has even more build up. It's not going to hurt the UFC. The same way you protesting the NFL is not going to hurt anybody because ratings might be down, but revenue is up. So it's a, it's a weird thing that, yes, you're allowed to protest things. You're allowed to boycott things. But let's just be honest. At the end of the day, I know it sounds like a chicken shit thing to say. You don't matter. I've said this before. Yeah. You know, like we all want to feel like we matter, but we really don't. So for me, the UFC thing was like, that was, you know what? It's embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Like you don't want that. But damn, you're going to get so much run out of this. More people are talking about that fight now and that pay-per-view because of it. True. Yeah, absolutely. So those are two things you have to get to work. Anything else you want to talk about? Because you'll be back again, but still. Uh, Is there any other things that we left out? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I started the Rocky series. Oh, that's awesome. So what I'm doing is, and I'll keep, I'm going to do an entire podcast around this, but uh, just to let everyone know uh, know about the bit that I'm doing. It's not even a bit. It's just what I wanted to do. (laughs) I'm watching every Rocky movie again because I've watched them all growing up, but it's been 20 years. I I don't remember most of the storylines. So I'm watching every Rocky movie as if it's that year. So the first Rocky movie comes out. I'm watching it isolated. I have no idea that this ends up being a six-movie franchise, and not including Creed yet. You know, okay. like that is a whole different thing. So Rocky one, I finish, and the ending, I didn't like it that much, but people talk some sense into me. It's a really good ending, uh, turns out. Rocky two, loved it. Rocky three, I just finished it. I heard Rocky four has been greenlit, so I can't wait for them to release that, <laughs> and I'm going to watch that. Uh, so I'm just watching everything, and I'm tweeting about it. You can follow on Twitter at the underscore Raheel. But I'm tweeting as if, no, like, this is it. It's that year, 1982. Cool. That is that movie. I have no idea what happens with Rocky Five or Rocky Balboa or Balboa or Creed or anything like that. So that's just a little experiment I'm doing. I'm having some fun with that. You can follow along on Twitter. Uh, and you can also participate with it. Start watching them. They're available for free on Crackle, Sony's streaming platform. And uh, it's a commercial platform, so you can watch it for free. Uh, there are some commercials uh, weaved in, but you can forward through them if you're on your phone or mobile device. So mm. check it out. It's pretty cool. And it's a really good like streaming service. It's awesome, actually. Crackle. So Crackle. And there's a lot of free stuff on there. There's no You don't even have to create an account. You just click the movie. Ready to go. So uh, check that out. All right, Jose. Everyone follow him. Parj94. Uh, no shoe news. I can't think of any shoe news. The Zebras are coming back out. The Yeezys. November I will. 9th, I believe. I'm getting those. I want those. I still have size 11 uh, all-white ones. If you want them, let me know. <laughs> I don't know what to do with them. Uh, all right, we're done. The statics, by the way. I do like the the Yeezy, yeah. the statics. They look know. more like uh, the first ones. I don't know if I'm just over Yeezys or what, but I just don't have, like, I just don't care. I want him to release a MAGA edition. Oh, God, of course you do. Would that be the, would that be the, final, would that be the final nail in the coffin for the culture? If he released a Yeezy, like all white ones, and it, instead of uh, Supply 350, it just says MAGA. Oh, God. Would that be the, would that be the final straw? 
I don't know. Has the final straw already happened? I think it has, man. I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of over Kanye. Oh, God. Like his new, I'm kind of over it. And it's not, you know, like all that stuff, yes. And then also the music. Like Sucks. that song with Lil Pump is just embarrassing. Did you see him on SNL? That was I so did. cringe. That was so, so embarrassing. Bad. That's a 40-year-old man. That's a grown-ass man with kids. Three kids. All because he wants to get the younger population into him. So he teams up with a guy like, what, Lil Pump? Is this what we're doing now? I it's guess so you got to stay relevant, man. Then the like, there was no energy in any of those songs. Like, None. And you my, think, oh god, Ghost Town should have fucking just it would have that should have been one of the best performances. And even that song was just so like it was off. flat. And it's like mm-hmm. I know we shouldn't compare it to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy because that's that's the ceiling probably. And that those performances on SNL were just breathtaking but mm-hmm. that was flat dude it was bad like ever since then it's been flat yeah. even even the other well, easy no, stuff i thought i i loved i loved Jesus. i will stand by the fact that i think that album's a classic i will no, stand no, by the that. performances on it on snl the performances the it tour was, was just that i that tour was the best show i've ever been to it was kendrick lamar opening for him yeah the that was in 2013 so the year after he had released good kid mad city and obviously kanye that was the best show i've ever been to Front row for that. That was just... That's nuts. But yeah, the guy... I don't understand, man. I don't either. It's not for attention anymore. My brother, we had a discussion about it. He goes, he's just doing it like he did before. It's just for attention. I'm like, I don't think it is. Because he's... Dude, Kanye can release uh, an album any day and it's going to be the number one album. Yeah. There is no longer for attention. There's He is the, one of the most popular in terms of... Pe- or most recognizable people in the world now. Yeah. And the popular is different. Recognizable, if you put a picture of Kanye West and you showed it to every country, right? people would know who he is. He has that fame, that level of fame. He doesn't need to, like back then coming up, the reason he did shit with 50 where you're, you know, doing the album wars is because wars. you're still trying right. to, you're still trying to make it. Like he hadn't made it at that point. He wasn't main, he wasn't to the level of success he's, that's you know, he's he at now. That's kind of crossed over, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's before my time, so I don't really yeah. remember that, but. That album released, I mean, stronger, that that, the, the song Stronger was right. everywhere, right? But that was on that album. Graduation, at that point, you're like, oh, he's going to, this is it. You know, I don't know if he's going to be good or not. Right. And then he does that whole thing, and it's just from there. It's just been yeah. up, up, well, up, up, and away. So. Until, until 2010. Now. Yeah. 808? No, 2010, 2010 was. Beautiful Dark of Fantasy. God, is it, was that 2010? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 2010. All right, we're done. Jose, thank you so much, brother. Yeah, man, anytime. Uh, Menlo House, make sure you guys go support the website and Indochino. We will talk to you next week. Deuce.